People don't know what it is to be champions. Oklahoma invented it. Insider Studios. Here's your host, Brandon. Once again, the Oklahoma Sooners come up with the clutch plays that were needed at the end of the ball game, but they were really only needed because Oklahoma decided to uh, not play a, a couple of quarters once again in their 28-24 victory over TCU. Um, TCU always gives Oklahoma a run for their money. Never fails. I think every last year they did the same thing down there in Fort Worth. About blew that ball game. Uh, the year before last, they had a couple of ball, close close encounters with them. Uh, and obviously, everybody remembers 2015. So this isn't something that's new with Oklahoma and TCU. Colin, uh, just kind of. Well, first off, I'm here with Colin Kennedy, Joey Helmer, myself, OUinsider.com post game podcast. Uh, look. Give me your grand takeaways of this ball game, kind of, and what you thought of Oklahoma's overall play. It seems like Oklahoma leans more on the defense the past couple of weeks to make the big plays that were needed, and that's something that hasn't happened over the last couple of years. So this seems something new for Oklahoma. Yeah, there was a lot that was new, and yet at the same time there was a lot that was familiar. I look at the new aspect of things, a couple of things real quick. Oklahoma's used to being really good offensively, but they weren't used to being this methodical. Over the past couple of games, they've become more of a drive it down the field, eat up clock type of offense. That was highlighted today. Look at this. I mean, this blows my mind every time I look at it. Oklahoma snapped the ball 85 times to TCU's 45. Oklahoma had basically a 19-minute advantage in time of possession that is absolutely insane but as a result I say familiar because a lot of that methodical driving came from the familiar efforts of Bill Beanbow's offensive line that group was dominant today and they had to because TCU's defensive line quite honestly a little undersized they're very athletic but you you can take advantage of that front line for the frogs because they're not used to the ground and pound and so when Oklahoma found out that they had to establish the run and they were able to with Jalen Hurts and Kennedy Brooks, who, by the way, were both very solid running the football, they leaned on that offensive line. And I thought that that group was really the determining factor of the day. Both offensively and defensively, the line of scrimmage was won by the Sooners. And in close ball games like this, whoever wins that line of scrimmage will eventually win the game. I thought it was really impressive. I thought we talk about TCU, OU, the matchup. I'm going to go ahead and say give TCU credit. There will be a lot made of what happened with Jalen Hurts' turnovers, the offensive struggles. But to me, TCU came in here. They didn't have Jeff Gladney star cornerback for the first half. They, again, were undersized on the defensive line and could not match up with the Sooners' front. 
but they were just gritty. They fought. They adjusted, Lincoln Riley said. They threw some different things at the Sooners that made it a little bit difficult, especially as the game went on. And so as a result, Oklahoma, they were familiar with the challenges of the TCU post. They were familiar with offensive dominance. They were familiar with a strong offensive line. However, they leaned on some new things in terms of ball control to counter the Gary Patterson mind defensively. And I thought it was very impressive. Yeah, no. Joey, what was your take on this game? Um, again, Colin touched a lot, touched on a lot of things, especially uh, giving credit where credit was due with TCU. Um, Max Duggan is a fantastic player for a freshman quarterback. Uh, obviously, the TCU defense, once again, is kind of a thorn in Lincoln Riley's side. Kind of, kind of run everybody through what your overall thoughts on the game were. Well, I, I obviously thought that Colin brought up some really good points. Man, if you look at some of these stats, TCU had one-third down conversion the entire game. You, you already said they had barely more than 200 yards of offense. They possessed it for almost 20 minutes less. I mean, these stats are absolutely staggering. Oklahoma has 30 first downs compared to 11. If you just look at all these stats – you think Oklahoma probably won this football game by three, four, five scores. And yet, what has Alex Grinch been saying this entire season? Takeaways equal victories. And tonight, takeaways almost equal to victory for TCU. Um, Oklahoma, and I'll say this, the Sooners have a way in these close games. In the last four, the only one they haven't been able to find a way to win was the K-State game. Which, by the way, they had an onside kick that they recovered in that game. They could be 4-0 and in these games, these types of games. So, uh, as much as we talk about they've let these teams hang around, they've also got a winning DNA in win these games uh, that, quite frankly, you know, this one shouldn't have even been close when you look at the stats. No, I shouldn't have. Um, you, what was the overall uh, rushing? And, um, I okay. I'm looking at it right now. Oklahoma has 366 yards rushing to TCU's 139. Um, the total yardage, as you were saying, was just off the charts um, in comparison. It, it really was a uh, 511 to 204. So the Oklahoma defense came up huge, and that also has something to do with the time of possession, that 19 minutes. In the in the forty five, yeah, the forty five plays that they were only out there, all that type of stuff. That that has a lot to do with it. Uh, Jalen Hurts was a problem. Jalen Hurts, I, okay, I don't want to say it's a problem because they won the ball game because of his play as well. So um, when you have a guy that rushes for, let me see here, Jalen Hurts rushes for a net of one hundred seventy three yards, two touchdowns. He also throws for one hundred forty five yards and two touchdowns. So. He averaged 6.2 a carry. Um, look, here's the deal. He had bad turnovers, and there were extenuating services. The, the the fumble at the end where he was stripped, that's still up for discussion. We were looking at the replays uh, that were on Twitter and all the different angles, and it still looks like his knee may have been down when he, when he when the ball was ripped, before the ball was ripped out. So, But that's still a judgment call with the officials. You hold on to the ball. You don't have to worry about the judgment call, and you have a 50-yard run and you're inside the 10-yard line, you're probably going to punch it in and be up 42 to 10, or sorry, 35 to 10, and the game is probably going to be so far out of reach. You're going to have all this momentum. 
and you don't have to worry about it. They also fumbled again inside the red zone later on, uh, earlier on in the ball game, and that so. Realistically, the ball game should have been 42 to 10 uh, midway through the third quarter, but it wasn't, and it wasn't because of mishaps being made and obviously the interception inside the red zone. So there was a lot, a lot of things that went wrong. Even good things were going wrong for Jalen Hurts, but he did enough good things early on to put Oklahoma in position that it was almost insurmountable for TCU to really do it, especially with the way the defense was playing. So. Uh, does the uh, Jalen Hurts was in good spirits when he came to the presser? Do you think his confidence is waning, uh, and is that something to be concerned about going into Bedlam? Yeah, so this is actually an interesting topic, and I'm going to kind of share a sneak peek of the sideline five coming up here on OUinsider.com. Speaking of that confidence waning, he missed a couple of deep balls tonight, and at one point, they're driving down in towards the end zone on the north side, and C.D. Lamb. One-on-one matchup. Jalen Hurts throws in the ball. Ball's behind him. Great coverage by the corner. Ball's tipped down. CeeDee Lamb shows visible frustration. He's, he's pretty bummed that they just missed out on a touchdown. CeeDee Lamb coming back. All that. Jalen Hurts looks at him says, hey, calm it down. Very next play, what happens? Boom. Jalen Hurts throws to CeeDee Lamb for a touchdown on the outside. CeeDee Lamb's running back to the sideline, and Jalen Hurts yells at him, Hey, and when CD turns, Jalen just shrugs his shoulders, like I told you. And that, to me, is very telling in terms of the confidence level of Jalen Hurts. Look, this guy's not going to get rattled. And I know a lot of people are calling for Spencer Rattler, but no matter the chat that's consuming Sooner Nation, Jalen Hurts is just going to find a way to win. And at the end of the day, that's the quarterback that you want at the helm. And to me, Jalen Hurts is certainly that. Maybe that's just my personal opinion, but I think that throughout these games, he has found a way, whether it's on the field with moments like that or off the field in terms of rallying the defense, letting his guys know that, hey, we're not out of this one. His confidence will always be there, and it will continuously wear on others. You saw that, in my opinion, of the defense. Can I call some people out right now? Do it. I mean, hopefully I'm not calling very many people out, but something that you just talked about needs to be squashed. This is a 10 and 1, and I'm not calling you out because you just said that you do not want that to happen. But this is a 10 and 1 football team that's 7 and 1 in the Big 12 that's going to play in the Big 12 championship. They're going to play Bedlam next week. And if they win Bedlam, there's a really good chance when they're in Arlington, they're playing for a college football playoff berth. You're not going to change quarterbacks in that situation. And it would be. The stupidest thing if that was even a consideration. That's not a consideration. Jalen Hurts is your quarterback. He's got to start holding on to the football. You know, those things, uh, you're not going to bench him. But he does have to start holding on to the football. It's important, and I'll say this to your point, they're not confidence mistakes. He – just simply is not holding on to the football again. I'm not, still not sure he fumbled that 32-yard uh, run down by the end zone. Interception maybe a slip. Yeah, and that's a good point too. The interception might have slipped. So th- these are not confidence mistakes. I don't feel with Jalen Hurts. It's not a thing where he's going into the the video, the film room, and saying. Man, you know, I'm not sure I've got command of this offense right now. He has command of this offense, and I expect, gosh, I, you just think any time now 
these mistakes aren't going to keep happening. No, and on the flip side of things, we're talking about confidence, and the defense has uber confidence right now. They, they, they Once again, as Joey touched on earlier, they have a game-saving interception. Once again, um, that's three games in a row that that's happened. And to top it off, um, is it three or four games? It's three games in a row, right? I always say, yeah, three games in a row. So to top it off, they're playing fantastic overall defense, uh, led obviously by Ronnie Perkins, Kenneth Murray, who just the first quarter was just playing out of his damn mind. And then you have one Buki who is – I think we've all kind of punched punched him a little bit now every now and then with his play. He's 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 had his ups and downs to say the least. To say the least, the guy's had his ups and downs. Um look, Buki came into this ball game and he he shared something with me. I asked the question, "Hey, what was your thought when you intercepted the ball? You instantly took off running and it looked like you were overcome with emotion." And he was. And he said, well, it's because my cousin died yesterday um, or two days ago or something like that. And he said, the funeral was today. I wasn't able to be there because of the football game. And the second I intercepted the ball, that's all I could think about was, man, I should not be here, but I'm here. That type of deal. Like, and and that's when you have to think about, like, this game is a game. And... Those kids come in there, and they play all sorts of things. As adults, we all go to work with bull crap all the time, right? Stuff that's going on at home, in the family. Everybody has heartaches, struggles, what have you. He's a kid. He went out there with somebody he was very close to, uh, passing away earlier in the week, and he said it was weighing heavy on him from start to finish. Then the second that he intercepted the ball, he said he felt like, just the the spirit of his his cousin just like weighed down on him, just like, hey, you did this, this is you. And he was overcome with emotion, ran over there. And I said, were you shocked? <laughs> were you shocked that you all didn't get a penalty? Because I was standing right there. Like they ran and stopped right in front of me. So I got some pretty cool picks of the whole deal. And um, yeah, I when somebody says something, I think it's pretty cool that they were the ones that end up with the game winning and I know it's kind of off topic and all of that but Buki needed something good to happen to him yeah okay so this brings up something I want to touch on you mentioned it's a game and this game can give and it can take it gave Buki that awesome moment and my thoughts go out to Buki and his family but we also know that it can take and it took Grant Calcaterra Caleb Kelly for the longest time those two had very meaningful nights. Grant Calcaterra running out on Owen Field for the last time, now moving to do some phenomenal things out in California fighting fires. Caleb Kelly returned to this defense, and I think that his return after the game took him away for so long, and so many people after the game today said they still vividly remember his gruesome injury in practice in the spring. For those two to have moments like this, for Buki to have a moment like that, I think this is another thing that needs to be thought of when we're talking about the fans and how they're, they perceive some of these players, I thought Caleb Kelly really provided a boost to this defense, not only from a play perspective, because he made some, some really solid plays out there. What that guy brings to the table 
off the field, I, I have a hard time putting into words. I, I'm fortunately someone that took classes with him when I was at OU. I've had a sense of who he is as a person. I've, I've talked to the guy on numerous of different occasions, and he's just such an incredible person. And when a guy like that comes back to a defense that features people like Buki, that takes this group to another level. And I think you saw that tonight. And I'll finally say to the Grant Calcaterra thing, as I mentioned a little bit before, Game took away from him, but I'm also firmly believing that, Brandon, your statement is very true. It's just a game. And so I think a lot of Sooner fans should take some time and provide Grant Calgatera the recognition that he deserves as he ran out on Owen Field for one last time tonight and is on to move some really important things. He is. He is. He's on to be a firefighter in Southern California where that's a pretty dangerous job and uh to for him to be that he comes from a very well-off family and something that you wouldn't think he would go out and do but that shows you just the type of human being that he is uh grant calcaterra I, i'll tell a story real quick on just him um during meet the players last year or this past summer uh to start the football season there was a girl, probably 14, 15 years old, wearing a number 80 Grant Calcutta jersey. She was scared to go talk to him. And she sees Grant over there joking with me by the table and stuff like that. And she goes, sir, can you tell Grant that I'm a huge Grant Calcutta fan? Can you have him uh, come take a picture with me? I'm scared to walk up and say something. Sure. I point over there to him. And he said, well, uh, my girlfriend's a cheerleader. Um, let me check, you know, blah, blah, blah. Because she doesn't look 14 or 15. She looked like she was older than that. And sure enough, uh, his girlfriend goes, go. So he walks over there about 100 feet away from the table and goes and takes a picture with her so she doesn't have to wait forever. And that just tells you who he is as a human. I mean, I thought that was a really cool deal that he did. Um, and he, he has a, he was, he gave a standing go. He was emotionally uh, uncontrollable, emotionally down there on the field prior to the ball game, and I thought the coolest thing ever was he sprinted out as fast as he possibly could out that tunnel, and they led him. He let, it, he let him out, and I think that was probably the best thing Oklahoma did all night, win, lose, whatever. That was the coolest moment for me by far. All right, uh, quickly, give your final thoughts on this ball game and kind of what you're looking for going into Bedlam week, and we'll start with Joey Hummer. Well, this is college football, guys, because Arizona State dealt Oklahoma. And how ironic, DeMarco Murray, former great running back for the Crimson and Cream, helps as a running back coach, Herm Edwards and his staff for Arizona State deal a huge upset for Oklahoma to put them firmly back into the college football race, almost in a spot to where they control their destiny. Everyone that – uh, follows my playoff predictions, uh, obviously knows all the different sites and uh, kind of methodology that I use, and 538 is a big part of that. And as long as LSU beats Georgia, if Oklahoma wins their next two games, they're probably going to be dancing in the playoff again. Mm -hmm. They have come up again, like we talked about, with the close plays, the, the winning close games, and have kept – their season marching forward even after uh, that loss to K-State, that starts again. That continues next week in Bedlam and, again, in the Big 12 championship. Uh, we, we should mention that now with this victory, Oklahoma and Baylor is going to be your Big 12 championship. It's official tonight.
man. I'm looking forward to that, man. In Jerry World, AT&T Stadium, I'm hoping that atmosphere is just as ruckus as the one down in Waco. I got to tell you, there's just something unique about this team, man. They're resilient. They've got this energy, this mentality. They're different. I thought one of the most telling moments was when one of those fumbles happened for Jalen Hurts, and that defense huddles up, and they started dancing. They were having fun. Roy Manning was getting them going. And that does not happen a couple of years ago. But this group, for some reason, just knows how to fight through it all. They know how to face adversity. And that's going to pay off in the long run. I know it. I know it. So I'm really excited to see what happens next. That said, you got to take care of business. Okay, Stillwater, Chuba Hubbard's a man. Chuba Hubbard, to me, probably should be in New York. Maybe a hot take, but I don't care. You got to go out there in Stillwater, win Bedlam, and then again, there's no guarantee that that Big 12 title game doesn't look like the second half down in Waco. So there's a lot ahead of this football team, but at the same time, because of some of the cards that they were dealt, the way that this team is showing, this future certainly is bright for the Sooners. It is. It's very bright. Um, look, you said something interesting right there. It is Chuba Hubbard. He does. He deserves. It's not a hot take. He will be in New York if he can. Okay, here he will be in New York if, if he has a huge game against Oklahoma, and uh, Bedlam coming up. I'm trying to word this right. Oklahoma has all the pressure on them because they have to win. Oklahoma State, they have nothing to lose. Absolutely nothing to lose. But that happens every bedlam, it feels like. There's always something to that extent. Um, obviously, Oklahoma already has – they're set for the Big 12. So if they win one of their next two, and that one of their next two happens to be the Big 12 title game, they're going to the Sugar Bowl. They'll probably play Alabama. And you would think the committee really wants that to happen. Granted, Oklahoma now with Oregon losing, Penn State losing, they went out. The odds are they're going to be in the playoffs. Because they're gonna, the you start throwing that those resumes up between Oklahoma and Utah, and then you put those helmets up next to each other. Oklahoma's getting in. I didn't think that starting the week. I'm gonna bite my tongue, kick myself in the face, you know, all that type of stuff. Oklahoma deserves to get in if they win out. I don't think it matters how they win. Honestly, I think you win a win, a win, a win against a top twenty top 20 Oklahoma State team on the road and then a potential top 10 team in Baylor in the Big 12 title game you're in you may not you may not have gone in playing as well as you thought but the good news is you get three weeks to prepare for whoever you're going to play the chances are it's going to be Ohio State and I think that would be a very interesting dynamic Oklahoma's offense fun Jake uh, hey Justin Fields versus First, Jalen Hurts. Uh, both quarterbacks wanted to come to. Both quarterbacks wanted to come to Oklahoma. For people that don't know that, Justin Fields really wanted to come to Oklahoma. There's a reason why he held out for so long before he decided on Ohio State because Oklahoma was trying to figure out do they want to do that. And once they talked to Spencer Rattler and they told him, "Look, we're not going to take a transfer more than that was going to stay here more than a year," that all stopped. But there was a time last winter, last January, that Justin Fields might have been coming to the University of Oklahoma. And my, 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 how that would have been intriguing. Anyways, uh, Bedlam's up next. 
Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State and Chuba Hubbard. Drew Brown looked pretty good against West Virginia. He had his moments today. Um, obviously, Oklahoma State is playing without Spencer Sanders. So uh, we'll see how all that plays out next weekend in Stillwater. And I can't wait because I know that place is going to be rocking because it always is when Oklahoma comes to town. But there will be a lot of Oklahoma fans there. Always is. Oklahoma buys up a lot of those tickets. Um, they definitely show out for Bedlam a little bit better than they do for the home game sometimes. I had to get that zinger in before I got off. Anyways, um, that's going to do it for us here on the OUinsider.com podcast. For Colin Kennedy, Joe Helmer, I'm Brandon Drum. Y'all have a blessed night. By the way, before we go real quick, make sure that you all do sign up for OUinsider.com. It is $1.00. That is right, $1 for the first month on OUinsider.com. You can get all the way through National Signing Day. Uh, Joey Helmer, Colin Kennedy, myself, RJ Young, bringing the heat all the way through the December Signing Day, January and February for that second signing period where Oklahoma is closing out on a lot of different players in the 2020 class. And obviously, with the bowl games, with the playoffs, with the Big 12 title, you're going to want to get the insights on all the post-practice notes, all the insider notes that we get from our sources and all that other stuff going right there on OUinsider.com. Go sign up right now, $1. That's going to do it for us. Thank you all.